0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For all all
1: NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin what up what up good morning it's golden spaces an odyssey original podcast with justin and nat but you're seeing a new face up here with us we're so happy and glad and overjoyed to be joined this morning by oh my goodness i'm sorry i'm getting notifications on my phone but we're so happy to be joined by mutaba el i did i get that right you did It's not that hard to pronounce names. This is a big thing for me, people. So make sure you learn how to pronounce people's names. But we're going to call him for purposes of this discussion because he's given us permission, Mu, right? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Muse. So um, thank you for joining us today. He's a manager of player development,
2: team development.
1: Team development. There you go. Manager of team development with the Warriors. Um, I had the distinct pleasure of meeting him the last time that I was in the Bay and I was so excited. And um, I wanted him to join today to talk with us and give us some insight on the Warriors in this crazy season. And I'm sure you're going to find him as lovely as I do. So welcome to the show
2: the hell of an introduction I feel like you you put a lot of pressure on me so I hope I don't <laughs>
1: <worry>. <laughs> there's never any pressure here it's all it's all good it's all love right Justin
3: all love all love uh we <laughs> just, I just found out we got another DC guy so uh, you know, we got that got that connection going right there she gonna hate because she from New York it's all good though <laughs> You said Georgia. I'm
1: outnumbered. I'm outnumbered. I gotta deal with Marcus giving me hell at night. Cause I, I say New York slang. He's like, You in the bay, you gotta say the bay stuff. And now I'm like surrounded by DC <laughs> folks. Where is New York? Come on, represent. Um, all right. So last night was good. So we we high energy this morning. So just so y'all know, cause I'm still on the West Coast um in the Bay, and so is Moose. So like we're, we're early for us right now. Um, it's a little after eight in the morning, not so early for Justin. So, uh, but we're recording this morning because obviously we need to talk about this Warriors game from last night, which was a big difference than their last game versus the Wolves, which they fell a little short in. So I don't know, Mill, for you, is it like it is for us? Uh and I say for us, like Justin and I, this is a fan podcast. Um, do you guys get impacted emotionally the way we do by (laughs) the warriors losses? And I mean, this season is a little different, so it's just been a lot of turmoil and up and down, but does it have the emotional toll on you that it does for us? (laughs)
2: You know, it's funny. That's a question that I always get asked by like friends, family, fans, whoever. Um, and, and it's like, yes and no, because obviously we're invested, um, not only from an emotional standpoint, but just from a professional standpoint in terms of like, we put a lot of time and effort into this, obviously not as much as the players, but uh, so we want to see them and, and see the team succeed. But the other side of it is, I think if, if we allowed ourselves to get emotionally wrapped in every loss or win, we probably all have heart attacks. And so it, it's, it's that balance of like trying to understand, like we're working towards a common goal. So um uh, even, like, I look back to, I want to say it was the Clippers loss on the road, uh, like, two weeks ago or so. That was one of our better road performances in such a long time. So we always have to have this switch where we step back and say, look, you have to take the positives. Um, it's a loss. You never want to lose, but you have to step back and take the and take the positives. So, like, I want to say, for the most part, yes. Like, we'll be sitting there like, damn. Like, like especially in terms of how, it, it depends on how we lose. If it's just, like, games where, you know, we're loose with the ball or, or we're beating ourselves and it's like we know we're a lot more capable of, of doing better than that
1: yeah for sure i mean um justin and i have talked a lot about that because you know fans in general i think we're like are just upset the team is losing so Um, But we've pointed out that, like, look, the losses now, while it still sucks that they're happening, they look very different than the losses that were occurring earlier in the season. And the Warriors are definitely playing better. And so we have to um, make note of that. But I ain't going to lie to you. There have definitely been some times I've had to go into my weekly therapy session, like, listen, uh, they they are (laughs) Tamara. (laughs) This is is an issue, okay? Like, it's... (laughs) And she'd be like, Natalie, is this really how you want to spend your therapy session? <laughs> yes, it is, because they're causing me mental distress.
0: <laughs> nah,
2: I, feel it. I, feel it. I feel it. We we definitely have moments like that too
3: earlier in the season. How often do you like check the Twitter, like the Warriors Twitter space and see like all the overreactions and live tweets and stuff like that? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah,
2: that's interesting. I've never been asked that. Uh, Twitter is my favorite social media app. I don't really like post on Instagram. Um, Twitter, I'll check daily. And Now they got that like for you tab, and so it, oh, yeah. all, that's all I'll see is like basketball and the warrior stuff. And <clears throat> there's like, I, and I don't know how we get found, but there there was I want to say it was in like December or January. There was like a, a eight week period where. Which is random fan accounts tagging me, Coach Kerr, everybody in the front office, like, "Yo, do this, do this, do this," and so, <clears throat> like Steph says, we definitely see y'all of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they know what a psycho I am, is what you're saying, huh?
2: <laughs> nah, you're not too bad, I, and I love, I love when you go off on people, so.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, sometimes though my going off includes Kurt. So I, if he ever finds that out, he probably won't be a fan of me, but that's okay. Um, I, I I can um live with that. Um I also love that you're like we, we in reference to the team, which you deserve to say because you actually work with the team. We're a part of the Warriors, but you know, we say that on here too, like we're a part of the team. Yeah, we gotta do this tonight. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, you know, I've never, and I think a lot of people never really had issues with that because I'm I'm Justin E. Parker, I'm a diehard Commanders fan. And sometimes on yeah. the turmoil they put me through, I, I envision myself like that. And then I think the other piece of it too is like fans are like I know, you know, people try to sometimes separate them. And I don't really think so. It's more sort of athletes, but like fans are a part of of the team. Like they drive a lot. Like a game like last night, you know, we don't go on that big run down 20 without the energy that Draymond obviously infuses into the team, but also Chase Center. And so it is now there is a point where it, it kind of crosses over, but I do think fans have the right to 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 really kind of align themselves with the team.
1: well, thank you. that makes me feel better um that you find it there's a level but acceptable um. Gonna just derail the conversation here for a minute because you brought up the commanders. And when I want to I want to know why y'all team is acting so new, like they're too good for Lamar Jackson. Do they not need a, a quarterback? Because y'all don't have him right now.
2: Justin, you want me, you want me going or you want to go in first? Yeah, yeah. You good, You <laughs> got it. Man, you know, if if you'd have asked me six years ago, like before or five years ago before I joined a, a like a front office, I would have been like, and, and a part of me is still like, yo, make that move because I think we're a quarterback away. But then when when you look at how the money aligns, if you bring him in, you got to sign him to a new deal. And so, because he's a free agent, so it's not even an extension. That means it would kick in this year. We have about two or three million left in salary cap. So that means he's looking to make around 30 million. That means you got to trade a player or players that equate up to that surplus 28 million. So that means you're going to give up a couple of those pieces that make you only a quarterback away. Um, so that's one piece, and then I think, if you know, as Justin knows, with the Albert Haynesworth moves and and all the big money splash signings we made in the past, the, uh, what's his name, Josh Norman, it, they never worked out. And so I think there's a little bit of PTSD amongst that organization in terms of like, I right, look, if we trade two first round picks and we got to trade a Deron Payne or, or someone that's impactful, and Lamar gets hurt or or he doesn't produce the same value. Now we've traded away a player that's in the mid-20s that's cheaper than the quarterback and two first-round picks, which are valuable in in football. So I I see where they're coming from. But the fan side of me is like, boy, do y'all see how that man plays? That's the best quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes go get that
1: man. Wow. No, no, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback outside of Patrick Mahomes. Know. I am oh, an Eagles fan. Absolutely. You, yes, absolutely. we're not we're not going to have this debate right now. We when football oh, season okay. is back, we will have a football special come back on. But so yes, as a as a um NFC East person, like, I'm glad that you guys don't want him and you will continue the stupidity in that franchise. <laughs> but I just don't understand how Eric Bieniemy and a reunion with um, Lamar Jackson would not be a good thing. Like, I don't care who you have to trade. Like, he's a generational talent. Uh, <laughs> like, players like him don't grow on trees. Like, his value will far exceed anything those players you're giving up provide you. But, you know, to each his own.
3: No, that's facts. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I what feel shit. like if you're going to go I'm in,
1: yeah, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead, get your say. Off.
3: If you're going to go in um, on like a big money splash, I would I would do it on the quarterback. You know, what I mean, I think it's like you said, we've been a quarterback away for a while. I mean, you give up some of those pieces, but at the end of the day, like I think championships are won. They're 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 won and lost with quarterback play. So I think you just you you make that move, in my opinion.
2: And I'm in agreement with y'all. I was just trying to give you yeah. their perspective, but I'm I'm with y'all. Go get that man!
1: <laughs> Come on, we all know this is collusion by the owners. Like, how how is no one interested in Lamar Jackson? Like, what is this? This is crazy. <laughs> anyway, all right, yes, yeah, Golden Spaces, but we get into all of it on this podcast. Okay, back to our dubs. Back to our beloved dubs. So let's talk about last night. Let's talk about last night and 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 what went down. In the game so we started off the game we see now you got me using we because you gave me permission so i'm an od with it now but the the game started off and you know At first I was like, nah, maybe I really maybe bad luck for the Warriors because um, (laughs) I had had a little issue like getting there yesterday. It's this, I'm gonna just tell y'all my personal business real quick. So there's this, I don't know what it is with Uber in in San Francisco, but the address for like the media entrance where you go into to enter the arena, for whatever reason, Terry Francois, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the street, right? For whatever reason you put in that address, and it does not take you there. It happened to me the last time I was here. I thought I was putting in the wrong address. This time I put in the address for Mission Rock, you know, that restaurant across, mm-hmm. like, it's still, it, it, it brings you to the wrong location. So many of the times when the drivers are from, you know, the Bay, I'm like, no, this is not it. I'm like, look at the address because the address is there. And I'm like, look, we're not even on this block. And they're like, this is where the system takes me. Right. So like but they'll still bring me there but the guy last night refused he's like if you gotta call uber it's their fault i'm like sir dude, look at the address like we're not even on that street and so i had to like walk over so i didn't get in and i was already like working late for my other job so i didn't get into like uh, maybe like a few minutes into the game and when i first came in it was like either tied or one point difference but i swear that's when it just all went downhill like <laughs> you know the, the-
0: that <laughs> <laughs> hey, what
1: uh, wait, wait, wait. i was like what the hell yo because i mean when i came last time i think they only won one game or two games during that homestand and then like the final three-day loss and i'm like yo i may really be bringing the squad bad luck so but anyway they turned it around and they so they basically got rid of that theory for me thank you because i could not give up watching the dubs and and and, and covering them so but yeah, I mean, the game starts off, it's sort of even. And I agreed with Steph in his post game where he said, like, I actually thought our energy was fine to start because there was a lot of this, like, we didn't bring what we needed in the first. And I'm like, I didn't actually see that. But, like, I was tweeting about throughout the game. And I'm like, man, like, just nothing is falling the Warriors' right way. Like, I mean, not a call, <laughs> not a rebound. Like, they get a stop, but then somehow, you know, um, um, the Pels just still came up with the ball. So I'm just like, the Warriors gotta weather this storm. Cause at some point, law of averages, things will start to turn in their favor and it did. But you know, what Steph said is like just all those plays back to back, it becomes deflating. And, and, and I, I did think that was like a really accurate description. So I'm curious to know what you thought about like wh- while the game was happening and unfolding what you were seeing.
2: Yeah, and I think Steph voiced it perfectly because we came out and, and our energy was good. And, and Justin, I, I'm sure you saw those first couple of minutes, but we were making everything. The issue was, so were they. And, and so I, I, I want to say it was like 26, 27. That's probably when you walked in that, if I remember the score correctly. And that's when everything kind of compounded and we we just couldn't hold on to the ball. And, and one of our biggest downfalls this year has been really just throughout this whole era has been live ball turnovers. And we had a lot of those Pelicans. I mean, I'll, I'll honestly, credit to them because I don't want to just all put it on us. They they lead the league in deflections for a reason. Uh, and then Brandon Ingram was on one. And I think it's because JK had a really good defensive game on him last time they were in the Bay. And so I think he came out with a lot of energy. He was making a lot of tough shots. And then Valentunis was just killing us on the glass. So I think it was a culmination of just a bunch of different things, a bunch of the things that have plagued us this season all happening at once. And and, and, I, and that's how they got off to that big lead. And I just think like our energy was good to start and then we kind of hit a lull once those turnovers happened. But the one thing that I will say that was kind of encouraging was one thing that's plagued us this year is when the ball stops moving. And I, we didn't really have a chance for the ball to move to the second side because it, would, it kept getting turned over. But like our guys were actively looking to get others involved, and, and as anybody that watches the Warriors knows, if that ball isn't moving, we're not the patented Warriors offense that we normally are. And so I'm glad we didn't get away from that, and no one tried to play hero ball. Um, and then Draymond just got us started with all of the with, with all the energy, and and I think <clears throat> that's the thing that a lot of people outside of the Warriors fan base, because I I will say one thing about that I love about the fan base is there's no never a shortage of, of kind of um, gratefulness towards Draymond. And and a lot of people outside of the Warriors fan base don't really see how he impacts the game at such a high level. And it's little kind of games of chess moments like that, where it's like, I see my guys need a little pump. I'm not just going to yell and be loud. Like, I'm going to be engaged defensively. I'm six five, but I'm taking on a seven-footer in the post. Like, little things like that, anybody that's ever hooped or, or done anything competitive, you see you know, one of your leaders do that. It's like, I right, bet I got to fall in line and do the same. And I think once that happened, you know, 30 the best player in the world. So he does what he do. JP, when he gets going, we know what he can do. Dante's energy was crazy. Like, it just, you know, we got so many guys that can impact the game. And once, once they kind of felt comfortable to do what they do, you know, we went on that massive run. And so it was an up and down game. I think you saw the best of what we could be at moments, but you also saw, kind of some of the things that have plagued us all year early in the
1: game. Yeah, I know Justin has something to say, but I just want to say we're going to revisit your 30 as the best player in the world later. So just I'll just remember that thought. But we, we're going to revisit that later. But I don't want to derail the conversation again.
3: <laughs> well, I was going to ask, when Draymond kind of goes into – gets into his bag, like, you know – how does everybody react? Is it kind of like a, okay, we know what he's doing. Is it like a, Hey, you need to chill. Um, like, because I can, I understand like he's been doing this thing for years, right. Where he's the emotional leader. He's trying to get everybody involved, but he may like toe that line a little bit. Like he definitely could have gotten a second tech if the, if emmeloy decided, you know, and that obviously would have impacted that game and the next game. Um, but, he, he knows how to get all the way to that line and not go, not go over. So how is it, I guess, with the coaching staff and everybody else involved, like trying to make sure that they, they keep him in that moment, but make sure that he doesn't like, you know, take the, the next step to get, you know, the repercussion that we don't want.
2: Yeah. it's And it's a fine line. I think the reason. And really a lot of that is on Steve. And I think uh, the, like kind of that managing that. And I think, the reason he's able to do it is because first and foremost, that's Dre. Like it's, it's, it's some dudes that try to, okay, I see my guys need something, let me let me put something together and nah. That's that's who he is. So you know when he's on that type of time, it's genuine. So it's not like you know, like, that's the dude hates losing. You know what I'm saying? He 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 doesn't matter how many championships or how many all-stars, hall of fame, whatever, he's always gonna consider himself an underdog. And so I think Coach Kerr notices that and then but then you also see like moments like last night where you know he he saw a situation where it could get a little chippy, so he subbed them out for J.K. Like you know, and 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 people might not notice that. And I, I went back and rewatched the game afterwards on the TNT broadcast, and I think it was Van Gundy that was saying, "Man, that's that's exceptional coaching." People don't realize that, but in that moment, telling a player like Draymond, a so established as a vocal and on court leader, like yo, I'm, I, it's getting a little chippy. I don't want you to get that second tech because we're not winning this game without you. And to take him out, and I think he took him out for like forty-five seconds, but he just needed that forty-five seconds. That's it, coaches is coaching isn't all about X's and O's. It's little things like that. So for the most part, you gotta let, you gotta let the dog go. But then there's times where, you know, coach or get involved and like that. From the front office perspective, we don't really try to get involved like that because that's that's who he is, and and we wouldn't be who we are if he wasn't like that
1: word yeah I mean when we're watching this like Dre please please <laughs> like I, I need you to like chill um so I was glad Kerr Cur- pulled him I did ask Draymond last night about the technical file and if he thought it would be rescinded and he flipped the script on me he was like do you think it should be rescinded oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yes I mean, I had to think for a split moment if I want to answer that, because I'm just like, I know what I think, and I think everyone knows I ain't afraid to express my opinion. But I, I was just like, more people to be like, oh, I'm being biased, but like, fuck it, I'm going to just answer
0: <laughs> no. it. I
1: do, I do think it should be rescinded. And largely, it's not because I didn't think that in the game last night that, Dre probably earned a few texts, to be honest. Um, And I mean, I think the rest are aware of his situation. And Mm -hmm. so, this is almost like a great thing for Dre because he can really push it and Mm -hmm. they're going to let him push the boundaries because I mean, they know what's going to come in terms of the attention, you know, like Luca. And I mean, Luca's tech got rescinded. So, that's sort of why I'm hopeful that Dre's might get rescinded because I mean, if he gets a second now one, that's another suspension and the team can't afford a second suspension to close out, you know, the remaining, what, what is it? Five games left now um, without Dre. So he said, he thinks it will. I said, I think it will, but do you have any thoughts on that?
2: I think obviously I hope it does. Uh, And I don't want to say anything that's perceived as, you know, insulting the ref so I don't catch a fine but to me oh, is when, I, when I, I do yeah, definitely, yeah. oh my <laughs> god yeah. I
1: didn't know that I, I'm not trying to get you and in- no no, no, no. In-
2: and I'm not because yeah. to me it's like you know and again when I was re-watching it like by the law of the book you know uh Ingram approached him and so I think Draymond did a really good job of not instigating it anymore and so I think they're gonna look at that and I hope um but I, I so based off of what I saw, you know I, I think it's, I hope it gets rescinded. Um, obviously we're gonna do a weekend to, to try and get it rescinded and so, um But yeah, just watching it again, it, you know it wasn't like he you know, came up on them. They called the flagrant, you know and then he kind of just like, as he said in the post game was like just defending his face. And so to me, I feel like you know, it should get
3: rescinded. Cool.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For all all NBA
3: warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin.
1: You mentioned uh, Jonathan Kaminga earlier. um, at A couple of points, him being subbed in for Dre at that point, but earlier, I thought, like, Kaminga's impact in the fourth was just so tremendous, you know? Um, what did you see from him last night, and how do you feel about his development as as a player so far to this point? I know that's already two questions I asked, so if you need me to repeat. Cause you're not supposed to do that, but there's, there's one more. I also want to know, because we kind of have this Andrew Wiggins thing looming, um, mm-hmm. and, you know. We just send love and prayers all the time over here to Andrew. We we hope he gets back, like Steph said. But in in case or for some reason he doesn't, or maybe it's not till even later into the postseason. You know, I feel like Kaminga is going to have to be one of the players that will have to step up and will will be needed. So I kind of like your thoughts on that as well.
2: Yeah. So the first part you said was his impact last night, and then just
1: yeah. And his overall development this
2: year. Yeah, I I think it's so funny because I'll talk to JK about this all the time. He doesn't like, he'll always be like, man, I don't got the bounce that I used to when I was younger. And I'm like, bro, you're 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 20. What are you talking about? And and with him, I think it's just, he comes from such humble beginnings. I think to me, one big thing that I always like to do is separate the person from the player, but then there's moments you got to combine the two. And like, just outside of basketball, the kid comes from humble beginnings and then came here when he was 13, essentially raised himself. Um, and so there's there's just a, a greediness and toughness in terms of, like, all right, I don't care who you put in front of me, I'm guarding. To me, to be an elite defender, you have to have that first. You can have the, the physical abilities, the athleticism, the IQ, all of that. But, like, if you're not willing to go into a dogfight, and I think it's impressive how quickly he's gained that. Like, he, if you watch his games, he really kind of, you know, raises his game to another level when he's matched up against those more key guys. Um, and for me, it's like, in such, to do this in your second year where it's like, I right, had the fourth quarter, it's a guy that's been going off, but you know what I'm saying? We want you to go back and forth between CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. I, like that's so important to our team, uh, especially with Gary being out and Wiggins being out. It's like, you know, being able to throw him, Dante and Draymond out in certain lineups, like, that, that helps us so much in terms of versatility. Um, so I think his impact yesterday, the, the ability to knock down corner threes, and he's been shooting at them at a really high rate over the last month, like that just helps us so much more. So I, I think the sky's the limit with JK. I think he, um, he, he's developing, like, you know, he's continuing to round out his game offensively. Um, I think the coaches are, are understanding where to put him in certain positions to make him successful. I think AV... His player development coach has been terrific um, with him this year, not just from a basketball standpoint, but also just from a human to human standpoint. Uh, So in terms of his overall development, I think, I think, man, Jake, Jake, he doesn't like being compared to players. I'm not going to compare him to a player, but I think his ceiling is just, it's really as high as he allows it to be. I think defensively, he's already a game changer. Um, His, his ability on that end, I think is going to be up there with some of the best players in the league. And then, You have these glimpses where you see him like that pump fake is just he sells it so well. And then, you know, that handle is getting really tight. And then the speed, the quickness, you get that shot to fall like he had some games earlier this month where, you know, we don't win without his impact. And so I think that, you know, he's getting a little bit more freedom, um, not being pushed too quickly, but he's the type of dude that's that's ready for any challenge. So I'm 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 really high on J.K.
1: And do you think he can play the three? Cause I mean, that's part of the Andrew Wiggins conundrum. And I know Kerr is worried about spacing, but do you do you think if they need to call upon him to step up more to do that? I mean, you can't just replace Wiggins' absence. He does so much, but they may have you guys may have to start planning for that.
2: Yeah, I I think it is there. And the good like the ability is there. And the good thing with our offense is that everyone is moving so much. So we don't really run like, okay, yo, JK, run the three. Get a high, you know, high screen and roll. Like there's moments where we call his number, whether it's get it in the post because it's a mismatch, or or he can take someone off the dribble or run that pick and roll. So I think there is an ability. I think we're lucky that we run our offense. So it's not like, okay, Steph's on the bench or Jordan's in foul trouble. JK, we need you four or five minutes straight, you know, go to work. And and cause I think to me that would also really unfairly rush his development. But I I do think there are spurts where he can definitely run that three.
3: Got you, got you. So something that I've been noticing, like the recent games, is like his processing is, is becoming like so much faster, right? He's, he's starting to see things happen before they happen. And he's making the read super quick. Um, do you attribute that to like just game reps or is that something you guys go over with him in like film and he's applying it to the games? Like, how does that, how does that look on you guys in as far as like developing that aspect of his game? Or is it like, innate to him that is just coming as he gets more reps?
2: I think it's a culmination of things. Like he, first off, one of the more underrated things about him coming into the league is he has a really good basketball IQ. I, I think there was there was questions from the outside of whether he did, but he has a really, really good basketball IQ for someone that's only been playing as long as he has. From and the that, outside. Yeah, and then I, I, I think... Those
1: voices were, but yeah.
2: <laughs> Exactly, and then I think our, our coaches there's a lot of behind the scenes work that people don't see. Um, He had a really good summer last summer where he played with his national team. You know, he, he played a lot of pickup in our gym. He was doing his own work and, you know, back in New York and, and, and whatnot. And so I think it's a combination of a lot of the individual work that he's putting in, but also to pick up our system, you have to play a lot. Like it's, it's a lot of read and react. You know, we have some of our set plays and some of our specials, but it's, it's a lot of read and react. And I think for him, it, it just and he always if you ask him he always says this too. It's like he just he you know he had to just he needed time and I think he's he's picked it up. Where like you see that IQ you see that the the ability to, to make others better and then when you're playing with the best player in the world you know it it, it, it just
1: happens and so makes <laughs> so happy every time you say it. <laughs> it 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 sounds like um, you're describing a player with a great work ethic. And I bring that up because there were reports coming out, you know, kind of questioning his work ethic and on its face, I just was like, do y'all know where Jonathan Kaminga is from and his story and where he got here? The idea to even question his work ethic is, um, it's just inconsistent with, with you know, um, who he is and where he's come from. You don't get to this level and to this point without having an impeccable work yeah. ethic. So um, I found it really offensive, but, um, you know, I'm glad to hear you talking about this because, you know, sometimes fans and people jump onto that. And I'm just like, like. I don't know why this keeps coming up with him you know the kid wants to play so i shouldn't call my kid he's a grown man but he wants to play and i don't have a problem with him feeling frustrated about not playing or wanting to play he's an incredible talent and he's also in a unique situation because a lottery pick going to any other team is going to play and but that's not the case when you come to a team like the warriors who are already a championship team and you sort of have to wait in line so Uh, look I don't I don't know him I don't know what was going on in his head but I would defend him you know like he was my family because I I just didn't like it what was being said
2: yeah that that report I think um one it wasn't true but then like Bob came out and I think in the training camp press conference and 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 spoke on it um like he was amazing last summer he like wherever you know, whatever we needed him to do, he was doing it. And then I think, to me, it's like it, when you look at his situation as a as a twenty-year well, nineteen coming into this year, a twenty-year-old to to break into the rotation and be an important piece for the defending champions, like you don't do that if 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 there's work ethic questions, you know. And so for me, I think, like I, I, I yeah, I just I I don't know where that report came from. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad to see that you know he's kind of he's proven all that out wrong. Like you've seen, the praise that you know Coach Kerr has heaped on him and, and his teammates, and he's he's kind of remained humble through it all, and and still trying to improve. Like he he knows this is just a, a piece of of what he's going to be.
1: Okay, yeah. The one last thing I'll say about J.K. for from from me is that you were kind of talking about the things he's working on and, and improving. So I was happy to hear about his handle, um, you know, his footwork to me at this stage, just like so impressive for where he is. And I'm just like, as soon as he kind of gets his touch around the rim a little bit more, cause you know, he'll, he'll do all this stuff and then he gets there and he just doesn't get it in or, you know, and I, I know that's going to come with time, but like, to me, when that starts to happen, it's going to be like, watch out, you know? And so is that something he's also just like continuing to work on?
2: Yeah, and, and it, that's because he's so explosive. So sometimes he takes off quicker, he gets higher than he's expecting. But I think once he once he works on all of those different combinations off the dribble, I think it's going to come natural. That's why I just tell him, dunk everything. I mean, all of us always say just dunk everything. Um, and so, but I think, you know, one, the more reps he gets at that and the more he practices it, especially against competition and defense, I think he's going to put it all together.
3: How does, like, because obviously he's broken into the rotation and he's, like, a fixture in their rotation now. On the flip side, Moses, who's from, obviously, his same class and they came in together, how are you guys, like, approaching his development? And obviously he's more of a long-term, you know, development piece rather than, like, a, a guy that, that's been counted on at the moment. Like, what are you guys, like, focusing on with him as far as, like, things that he needs to be looking, looking at while he's – like on the bench or like specific skills or maybe at like strength or something like that. Is, is there anything in particular, you guys are like, you need to hone on to this and then we'll, you know, be able to bring you on more consistently.
2: Yeah. I think with Moses, it's, it's been tough because when you look at his position too, it's like, that's one of our strengths. Yeah. but And it's, it's so hard because anyone that knows Moses <clears throat> as a person like knows that he does everything that's asked of him. At 100 percent, he's like the most mature 20 year old that I've ever come across. Um, and he plays hard, even like even when his name gets called for a minute or two, like he he's I know he's just been a joy for the coaches to coach. So the, the thing with him is it's it's so hard to to find consistent minutes when you're competing with the Gary Payton, a Dante, a Clay Thompson and Wiggins. And so but for him, the certain things that I think he separates himself as is. Moses is one of our better rebounders from the wing position and there's been moments even you see in in the past you know week and a half or so where he's had a couple of stretches to play is like there's just moments where he he helped we're not the biggest team so he helps us in terms of showing up rebounding um you know the shooting he he's kind of in a he's going up and down right now in terms of shooting but Moses is a knockdown shooter and he's a confident shooter so he's gonna he's gonna get it off so it's those type of things defensively. He's got that length, you know. He can cover ground. He's a really good team defender. Um, so for for him, it's just it's just a matter of like finding an opportunity to do that consistently. Um, and it's it's so difficult because you know we've got such a, a rotation that you know the coach coach has to manage. But I think um, I think he's getting the right work in. Jam has been great with him in terms of you know making him understand, like, look, your number could be called at any moment. Um, and and so to me, it's like, Mo- Moses, I think, and again, it's a nice situation where if he was on a team, you know, that wasn't competing, Moses, with his talent level and his skill and his ability to be coached, he's looking at 20 minutes a night. And I think he puts up some big numbers. Um, and so I'm 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 high on Moses, too. I think Moses is going to, you know, be a fixture for us. So he he's just... He's he's doing all the right things. And so he's just got to keep at it.
1: That's good to hear. Justin's high on him too. I mean, I am too, but that's Justin's guy. Yeah, um, yeah.
3: Same
1: same question, but for PBJ really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then we can move on because there's a couple other things I want to hit with you before we go.
2: Yeah, well, PBJ, he, <laughs> PBJ is the quintessential coach's son. Like you tell PBJ a uh, basketball thing once and he doesn't forget it. Like I thought it was really impressive after the Nets game, uh when we played Brooklyn on, on the road and we were down a bunch of our guys and he got a lot of run and like I I won't say it was after or before the game in one of his press conferences. He was talking about, you know, I watched KD play and I know I noticed when you know if he goes left, he's getting to a pull up. If he goes right, he's getting to the he's going to a crossover. And I was like, damn, you only been in the league for a year and you already picking up on stuff like that. So to me, he's already that's gonna, he doesn't know yet, but that's gonna help him so much down the line. And then one thing that we always try to analyze, you know, from from a scout's perspective is, does this guy have an NBA skill? And PBJ does with his shooting, but then he also his size. Um, And so him, I think if he doesn't suffer that ankle injury in college, you, you, I mean, this was a kid that I was number one in this class. I mean, you know, McDonald's all American. So with him, it's like, we were really excited when we were able to get him at 28. Uh, not only just because of, 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 you know, his ability on the court, but we knew the player that we were going to get. We knew, you know, the coaches would love coaching him. We knew that, you know, he, he would understand the, the process. And so with him, like, you've already seen moments where he's coming to the game and he's letting it fly. Like, he's not phased at all. And so – and he's already picking up certain things. Like, you know, he's, he's picking up charges and, and we've thrown him in there to play the five at times. And so he it it's just – the NBA is such a difficult, it's the best league in the world. And, like, I think nowadays there's this expectation, like, 19-year-olds are supposed to pick it up right away. And, like, I just, to me, I think, you know, he's in that boat of, like, kid has, has it all to succeed. And it's just a matter of, like, you got to let, let it play out and let him develop. But I think he's going to be really good as
0: well.
1: Yeah, man, I, I love him. I love him. I've, I've kind of hoped that Kerr would give him a little bit more, you know, burn this season, but he hasn't, I know how Kerr is about vets and and liking to play players with more experience. So I'm looking forward to what's to come from him next year. And who knows, maybe at some point in the playoffs, something happens that gives him a little, little chance for us to see him. But I really, I'm high on PBJ and we just, Continue to extend the light-skinned family over here. Um. (laughs) All right, right. so let's move on because I want to get to a, a few things before we wrap.
0: To Golden Spaces with Matt and so
1: in terms of last night's game, though, um, great team win. I mean, there were just contributions by so many. We talked a lot about JK already. We mentioned Draymond and what he did. Um, I mean, defensively, he was a beast as he always is. The intensity he brought, we'll get to 30 in a moment. But I also oh. thought that, um, I mean, Loon did really huge things last night. Dante. Dante. Um, that close of the third quarter where they just you know, they they got some stops. Um, GP2, I think I mean, we've seen already the little impact plays from him since he's come back, but he got that, you know, the I think he he, he who did he? Um, I, I think Jordan was credited with the steal, but it was really um, he deflected the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it that he deflected that on at the end of the third? Great. I don't even remember. Yeah, um,
2: it was it was um, brand Mm-hmm. It was
1: Ingram? Yeah. 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 And so, like, the way that they closed that out to, like, close the lead. So, four, I mean, that was just amazing. But there were so many great, meaningful contributions all around. And I bring up Jordan because he was huge last night. And he's been huge for the Warriors throughout this season. Um, last year, he was huge for them in the playoffs and with Clay out and 30 out. and And I just look and I feel like, I, you know, I re- I remind myself that Jordan is still a young developing player, even as much as he's accomplished. And he's being asked a lot, you know, come off the bench, start, do this one night, do something else another night. And so he gets, you know, I, the fan base is pretty critical of him. He catches a lot of heat, you know, he, he said in a, you know, in an interview with Bonte and then the other day, like, you know, in a post game, like, yeah, he hears the noise. And I was like, yeah, he's talking to y'all on Twitter. But I I just want to know what you think of the criticism he receives. And I'm not saying he's above criticism and some of it isn't fair, but your thoughts on that and and just what have you seen from Jordan as a player in developing and his role ongoing on this team?
2: Yeah, I I think to me, like, criticism is a is obviously a a part of this industry um i think sometimes people get carried away so to me it's the type of criticism like you can say look hey he's not shooting it well like jordan is a smart player he knows when he's not shooting well he's aware he's his work ethic is probably i want to say top five on our team like and for someone that's 23 years old to be that high is and it's never changed all four of his years he's been on that type of time and so if you, you know, you can criticize in terms of like, oh, he's not shooting well, or, you know, he's got to keep the turnovers down, that's fine. that's But I think sometimes with him, it, it kind of gets over overboard a little bit like, oh, you know. And I think th- when he meant like, I see what y'all was talking about, like, yo, you know, don't get to criticizing my work ethic. Don't get to criticizing the impact that I have. Like, you know, I, I contributed to a championship.
1: Exactly. Uh,
2: and I think that's what he was trying to get to. Like, yo, it's everyone, 30 'll have sessions where he's not doing well Clay, like every like it's it's 82 games in the regular season you can't that's why you have to build a overall good team because you can't expect someone to be consistent year round and so i think he's trying to get to that point but to me it's like jordan is a bucket like that's what he is and like so when he's on you're just like damn like like he can play but then when it's not going in it's you're like okay you know what he's got to find ways to impact the game otherwise. And you saw that last night a little bit with his playmaking, you know, the Dallas game where he, you know, he, he was able to get it going a little bit. And so it's like with him, I I think he's, he's figuring it all out. He is 23 years old. Like, you know, he, he asked to play a role, basically, like when Steph is off the court, you're not only, you know, getting points, but you're also the playmaker. Um, And so for him, I think he's, he's like, like you said it perfectly, he's still 23 years old. Like, yeah, he's, he's really good, but he's, he's 23. He's figuring it out. Like, you know, he's he's figuring out when to, when to impact the game, when to defer to to, to 30 and clay. And so like, it's the ups and downs of being an NBA player.
3: You, you alluded to his work ethic and you alluded to JK's work ethic earlier as well. And like, what point does it become like hey you guys get to do you know whatever you want over the summer like you you're in charge of your entire off season regimen or is it like hey we have these things available to you if you're in town we are offering these you know, scrimmages 5 on 5s workouts if you're here but if you're if you want to go do your own thing in Miami or LA or New York you can do that as well like how does that whole process work for like off season guys
2: yeah that's a good question i mean for the most part our guys are really good about being a market. Like, you know, Steph has a family. so he, he's here for, for the most part. Jordan is like anyone that knows Jordan, Jordan is like the definition of to himself. So like he, he, you know, last summer it was good to see him go travel and, you know, he had a trainer with him all summer, but there's not really like a a definitive like, Hey, you get to year four, year five and it's flipping over. It's just, it's kind of like, we when we get together and plan out our summer development plan it's like okay you know these are you know the things we want this guy to get better at like this is what it's going to take and and we also if a guy is like you know what i'm going to milwaukee for a home we let him know hey we have resources if you'd like us you know to you know send a trainer or something like that like let us know um you know have one of our coaches come check in on you or, or whatever um so it's it's, it's it's, to answer your question, it's not really like, hey, you get to your football, you start producing this much, and you know, it's just the guys have really good feel of of you know, I got to be around this much, but then also you know, want to do this much, and then also the the, the players with, with kids and families, you know, that's when they have vacations or whatnot. So I think, and that tends to be the older players.
1: Yeah. Um... The one final thing I'll say about Jordan, I love when Clay in his post game the other day when he was asked about yeah. Jordan's late game execution, which I do think is something that was fair to ask about because he struggled at times um, with it. But Clay's answer, you know, in terms of his confidence level in Jordan was like, or why he hasn't. He like turned and pointed to like the championship. I yeah. was like, because of that, he's already helped us win one. Um, and 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 as in general. this team talks with the utmost confidence. Do you, I, I believe them when they say it and Justin and I are two people who we still think that they can win it all. But I mean, I guess that's what else are you going to say? You have to believe that too, because you work with the team. But I mean, do you believe the Warriors can still win it all? And despite everything that has happened this season, despite the home record and road splits, do do you have that belief as well?
2: Yeah, and I think and and I think when I say it, when when Clay says it, whoever says it, we don't say it lightly. Like you know, there's there's a lot of really good teams. Like, we see what Milwaukee and Boston are doing in the East. We see what, you know, the Denver's, the Memphis's, you know, the LA and Phoenix are doing in the West. But, like, I think for us, one, we haven't really been whole all year. And when I say whole, I mean, like, GP, Wiggins, Steph, like, everybody. So, like, there's Mm -hmm. always this question of, okay, what can we do when we're whole? Um, Secondly, I think when, you know, when you have a team that's led by Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and they've never lost a playoff series together you can't have anything but confidence. Um, and I think also like we've done a good job when we have played, you know, really mostly at home, but the Milwaukee's the, you know, the, those top tier teams when we have played them at home, whether we're, we're short a player or whatever, I think we've done a good job of, of kind of stepping up to the occasion. And so the hope is when you get to the playoffs, that's really where our team is comfortable. And, and our, I think, you know, people can say what they want about, you know, coach Kerr and the staff, but, in the playoffs, their his ability to and really it's his whole staff, not just him, but their ability to kind of make adjustments, whether it's lineup adjustments you saw last year with 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 Otto starting. And then we also just have a roster of guys like I think Looney is just one of the most underrated human beings in the NBA because his ability to just okay, you know, I'll come off the bench, but I'm gonna still give you 20 rebounds. Like his impact last night, and so when you have guys like that that are willing to adjust and, and bend, and and then really last thing is the skill level. We just think that the offense that we run, when we're locked in defensively, that's really the big key. You know, I think it's, it's you know, we can kind of mash up and, and really beat any team that's out there. And so I think that's why those guys say it. I believe it as well. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody in our building that doesn't believe it. And so, but every other team probably believes they will win too. So Again, we can't go into any matchup taking it lightly.
1: Well, of course not. Except the Warriors have done it, and like you, you can do the, you know, the diplomatic thing and, and say <laughs> yeah. well, the West is that's a bunch of mid in the West. Like um, none of them teams beat the Warriors four times in a series. We can maybe talk about in the finals with some of those teams in the East. But yeah, I I I need to see a team beat the Warriors four times for me to believe it will happen. That's it. I I don't see anybody right now in the West. No one, not the Suns with KD, not the supposed MVP, <laughs> yogis, none of them. OK, so in our last few minutes, in our last few minutes, you have said now twice you call 30 the best player in the world. And yes. I mean, you already know, I think that and Justin believes that. But, you know, we get a lot of pushback from people. But um, is that like, do you believe that? Like, truly, are you just saying that because you're on the coaching staff? I mean, not the coaching staff, but the player development staff or the Warriors?
2: No, I, I when I make that statement, it's, it's purely from a, just a hoop head per, uh, perspective, because to me, it's like I think nowadays we get so caught up on like, you know, ball is life, you know, hoop mixtape. And so you want the guy that's dribbling 20, 20, 20 times, tween, tween, you know, cross, cross and then shooting. Oh, yeah, and and to me, it's like when you watch this dude, like when he cuts the impact it has or when he's on the court in general, every possession that we have, if we run a Steph and Draymond high screen, it's four on three on the back end because two people have to blitz Steph. To me, like when you, when you look at that, it's it, how much he makes his teammates better and then the pure shot making ability at such an efficient rate the rebounding at his from his position but then also like the piece that i think a lot of people don't look at is like he makes it so much easier for us to do our job in the front office but then the coaching staff to do their job because when you have a guy like that on the court the the endless amount of things you can draw up he's clutch defensively i think he's underrated like to me it's not like he's perfect he has his his downfalls like as any player does like and the NBA is at the highest level that's ever been. But to me, it's just his ability to impact winning and to make others better is just at 35 years old, nonetheless. I th- I, it's hard for me to to put a, another player above him right now.
1: This is why. This is why you will always be welcome on this show. Um, no, <laughs> seriously. I wish you didn't have to go. There's like a zillion other things I want to ask you, so you have to come back and and, and chop it up with us. Um, he's brilliant and i i know why the warriors hired you so thank you so much for for joining us today i hope y'all enjoyed the conversation let them know your handle so i mean maybe you don't want a bunch of crazy fans following you but i think the people who listen to our podcast are good so let them know how they can find you
2: absolutely i uh and man this is how you know i don't really you so sweet i try trying to move my handles i think on instagram it's like m underscore elguda too so my mm-hmm. last name, too. And then on Twitter, I wanna say it's like.
1: I'm about to tell you, I'm gonna help you out. Yeah, I'm out. I don't
2: even know this on Twitter. <laughs>
1: it yeah. is, uh, let's see, it's, uh, why did this go ahead? It's M. Alcuda, yeah, your last name.
2: Okay, so, so yeah, it's, Yeah, so it's the same on, on Twitter. So yeah, that's where you guys can find me. I don't tweet or post, so you're not gonna be very entertained, but you know. <laughs> and follow me if you want
1: well if you want to hear from him some more we'll definitely have him back on thank you so much for joining us really appreciate your time of course i
2: appreciate you guys having me all
1: right you guys know the drill follow share download we're on twitter and instagram at golden spaces pod hope you enjoyed this episode and definitely enjoy that win last night let's go